All right, time for your Miami Sports Pod following one of the most dramatic and bizarre Dolphins victories in a very long time. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero, Clay, we were both at the game on Sunday. It was 120 degrees, it felt like. Guys were <laughs> dropping like flies. Uh, there were all kinds of crazy plays. We had a butt punt, which is the first time I think that's happened in NFL history. And yet somehow, on a day that Josh Allen threw for 400 yards and Tua Tugvaloa had a, uh, a head injury slash uh, back injury, the Dolphins are 3-0 and and the only undefeated team left in the AFC. You you did uh, air quotes on that back injury, there, there was right? A, a, air quotes. Yes, air it's quotes. a back injury. Not that a that injury. was one of the most bizarre games that I've ever been at. And I think Dolphins fans, I think all, I can speak for all Dolphins fans here when I say, you thought the Dolphins were going to find a way to lose because yeah, well, historically I mean, the butt putt was pretty close to a loss. But and and this is something people are going to be listening to this after we uh, we uh, do our Sunday night show. But I, I just I focused on the the butt punt for my story for for Sunday night, not just because it was the butt punt and not just because Tyreek Hill was freaking hilarious talking about it, but because what I loved about the aftermath of that was it was immediately. On to the next play. Mm-hmm. We we can't let that ridiculous play that we know the world is laughing at us, we can't let that keep us from making the right play on the next play. And it's it's not going to get appreciated, but Thomas Morstead knocking the snot out of that free kick all the way to the 10-yard line with a ton of hang time and giving the Dolphins a chance to run down, chew up clock. I mean, it's it's, it's little things play. like that, yeah. Will, that good teams do. And, and they go unnoticed a lot of times. But it's the fact the Dolphins are finding ways to win games in different ways and doing things that good teams do, to me, yeah. is just as impressive and just as encouraging as anything else we've seen this season. Well, you said good teams, and I think that's the takeaway, you know, three weeks in. Now, the Dolphins are good. And, and you know, they're 11-1 and one in their last 12 games. And I know a lot of those are Brian Flores games from last season, and they were after a 1-7 start. And obviously, you still had questions about Tua and what he was going to be. And you had uh, issues, obviously, you didn't have the weapons that Tua has now with Waddle and Hill. But the bottom line is this, this team is starting to figure out how to win. And the core of the team, yes, led by Tua as your quarterback. And we last week spent so much time talking about Tua and the big steps that he made and the comeback and all the craziness. And this was a game where the Dolphins had ran 39 plays. 39 plays to the Bills, 90 plays. That's absurd. The Bills had about 500 yards of total offense. I think it was 497 to be exact. They had the ball for almost 41 minutes, right? Dolphins ran those 39 plays for a little over 200 yards, and they found a way to, A, defensively make the stops when they mattered on a day that Josh Allen threw for 400 yards, and B, Tua, after coming back in the game and the offense was kind of stagnant and there wasn't much going on as far as big plays, connects with Jalen Waddle on a 45-yard play on third and 22. And Clay, the encouraging thing to me about Tua that he has shown throughout his NFL career, and now it matters more because the Dolphins are good, is that in the biggest of moments in the fourth quarters, we've seen it through his career, even in, in, in times where he struggled at times in the game in the fourth quarter, he finds a way. That throw... I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it might have been his best throw as an NFL quarterback. In stride, third and 22 under that situation, stepped up with a clean pocket and threw a dime to Waddle with two defenders out there on each side. And let me add one more thing to that. You were talking about how few the plays the Dolphins were in. The hardest thing for a quarterback to do is to make a throw like that out of rhythm. 
And there was no rhythm for this Dolphins offense, not through much fault of their own. It no. was just the way the game unfolded. And it was how, and, and by the way, you and I were texting back and forth during the game too. I, I don't remember seeing a quarterback play the position as well as Josh Allen is playing it over this last, I don't know, season or so. He's incredible to watch in he's, person, he's, by the way. You and I were both kind of looking at each other like, my God, this guy's just a machine. Unbelievable. Now, and, and with that said, too, has played fantastic football the last couple of weeks. So I'm saying that because it put the Dolphins' offense in a really rough position. The defense did what it could, man. I mean, they were that throwing the Allen. ultimate bend or break. <laughs> man, I mean, they were throwing so many different looks at Allen. The Dolphins' defense did not play poorly at all. It no. was just, man... They were blitzing. They, they were coming are, after him. And and Allen is just playing the game at such a high level that it was two... A Dolphins' defense playing at a high level, Josh Allen playing at a high level, and because of all of that, Tua could not get in any sort of a rhythm because no. he only ran 39 plays. So for him to connect on that that 3rd and 22 play to Waddle, throwing perhaps the best th- uh, pass that he has thrown as an NFL quarterback... It, it's just, again, it's like all of these things are happening with this team that we have not seen before no. in in my time here that it's like, wow, they're doing the things good teams do, and, and it's impressive to watch unfold. And I think what you try to learn from it, right, they're 3-0, and Mike McDaniel, Christian Wilkins, two himself, they all said the same thing. After the game, you're, you're not going to make too much of it because you're not... Three wins doesn't make a season. And McDaniel said point blank, look, we've got three wins. Uh, we think we're going to need a lot more than that if we want to get to where we want to get. And obviously that's the playoffs. But I think what we're starting to learn from this team is that when you look at as a whole, whole with the defense, with the pieces, on a day where they didn't, and I think this is the biggest takeaway for me, on a day they didn't particularly play well on offense, part of it because of the lack of opportunities, on a day in which the defense was on the field again, in a 100-degree day essentially with that humidity, for 40 minutes against maybe the best player right now in the NFL and Josh Allen, in which he went out and got 400 yards passing, 48 receiving, was all over the field, such a force to take down. On a day where Tua got knocked out, whether they call it a head injury or back injury, the point being at at that moment, the energy got sapped out of the stadium. Like, it felt like, okay, this is this is done. We're done. There's no way the Dolphins can come back. He comes back in the second half, makes that big play. They hang on and get the win. On a day where so many things were stacked against them, it seemed, they beat what I think, even now after this game, many people believe is the best team in the NFL. I don't think it's like people all of a sudden are jumping off the Bills bandwagon. I think no. a lot of people out there still think this is the team that's going to represent the, the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yet, with all that said, the Dolphins found a way to win. I think this game puts them at that next level. We talk so much about okay, the Chiefs and the Bills they are on a level of their own. Yeah, I get it because of their quarterbacks. I think as a team now... I think the Dolphins are all of a sudden right into that level. I think you can put them and they can play with anyone. There's no one in the NFL you look at and you say, that team is definitely better, than, 100% better, no doubt better than the Dolphins. I can't say that. I think they can play with anybody. No, it, because they beat the Bills, and, and I think the Bills are the best team. Now, look, I, the Bills are playing without their entire secondary, and and uh, Jordan Phillips out, and, and Ed Oliver out. I mean, uh, we're, we understand all of that. The the point is that this was a Josh game. Josh wasn't out. That's for sure. No, this is this was a game where so many things unfolded against the Dolphins. Like things just went against them that happened in NFL games. It was like it, it's not like the world was conspiring against them. You have NFL games where stuff just doesn't go your way, yeah. like a punt going off somebody's derriere. Yes, and a, you know a, a what? Punt. 
they they came back and and they fought by the way that's impressive an old dolphins that's like the the not the butt of the jokes though let's be honest (laughs) there we are they lose that game the old dolphins right that gets recovered the end zone the offense throws a pick right and then we talk about the butt fumble in infamy the butt fumble the butt punt along with the butt fumble for the jets in infamy as a terrible moment in nfl history you know and and so it's again doing things that good teams do finding ways to win and everything is against you and to your point that that was i think the best team in the nfl that they beat on sunday and and this isn't saying that the 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 bills are going to go on to to assuredly win the afc east and assuredly win the afc and assuredly win the super bowl no what it means is that the best team doesn't always win on any given sunday and and the fact that the dolphins now we know can play with anybody and beat anybody in the nfl means that they can do literally anything this year including winning the super bowl as we stand here in in week three at the end of week three i you know it's crazy because here we are three weeks into the season dolphins three and oh we're talking super bowl i mean like just the song says my dolphins we're talking super bowl i mean again in a league of parity there are only as we tape Three teams undefeated left. Now, the Giants play Monday night. They could very well lose to the Cowboys. And I don't think anybody sees the Giants as a contender. And when you look at it, it's the Eagles and Dolphins. That's it. That's that's very rare for three weeks into the season. How often do you have a handful of teams undefeated for at least the fourth, you know, five, six weeks? Everybody's talking about, oh, could this team make a deep run at an undefeated season? So the 72 Dolphins worry. This year, there's so much parity in the league. There's not a big difference from any of these teams as we saw on Sunday. And I think kudos to Tua, by the way. I think, you know, last week we put the narrative to bed sort of of like two of the big play guy with the bombs, you know, the, the deep throws to Tyreek and, and Waddle and all the stuff that he did in that comeback at Baltimore. I think the resiliency and the toughness, like this was, I think, I don't want to say the first game because, look, Tua's had plenty of good games in his NFL career, but it felt to me as I watched this game, I didn't watch it through the lens of Tua meaning there are people out there still questioning to This felt like the first game where I think maybe everybody nationally that was watching, and this was probably the biggest game of the NFL schedule of the week, I think people watching kind of looked at it and said, Tua belongs. There's not that question. I don't think you have that question anymore of like, is Tua really the guy? Tua is the guy. Now, how far that guy can take you, that's we'll see. But I think the questions about Tua have been answered so much so in these first three weeks that he's going to have some rough games throughout the year because every quarterback does. But I don't think that narrative claim anymore about, oh, is he the guy? Could he be the guy? No, no, he's the guy. He's the Dolphins guy. And statistically right now, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL as far as production goes early in the season. Yeah, and, and look, we, we say all this as we sit here today after week three. We can only go based on what what's in front of us and, and what we've seen to this point. Now, I, I think we, we all understand that if the next three weeks things go completely dramatically sideways as things can happen but in the NFL. But I don't think NFL, they will, right? And no, and no, no, because I don't. Because of the weapons I don't. around no, them and the way no, the team is structured. No, no. no. So I, I, I'm trying to like... I'm trying to toe the line, make sure people understand that we're not trying to overreact to what we've seen in three weeks. And just, so when I say that I'm I'm sitting here watching a team that I think at the end of the year can win a Super Bowl, it's based on what we've seen in these first three weeks because they have gone toe to toe and beaten all three teams that they played, including a really good Baltimore team, including the team that I think is the best team in the NFL and Bill Belichick. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else you have to do. I'm. I'm a big believer in you You don't say never unless you know that it's never. And I can't look at this team right now and say, this group is currently constructed. There's no chance they can win a Super Bowl at the end of this year because I've seen them beat everybody yeah, and, and, right. and beat really good teams. Yeah. So 
Like, Will, I'm sorry. Yeah, Bengals the are the G- next step Thursday night. That's the team that was in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Will. The Giants are not going to win the Super Bowl. No, they're not. I'm sorry. I'm okay, I'm okay like, with I, saying that. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. perfectly I, fine with saying that. And you know what? Maybe in, in four weeks, if they've beaten everybody by 100, we can revisit that. But I, the Dolphins, on the other hand, based on what I've seen and them beating good teams in these three, like, I, there's nothing... There's nothing that I'm putting out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. with this team right now. You know, it's interesting too, and I think this is the uh, this goes more toward the fan. In all the years, I had a fan tell me today, you know, hey, well, look, we're used to quick starts. We've had these before, and then we end up eight and eight. You know what I mean? Like in previous years, and yep. I get it. Look, that's part of the apathy. That's part of the frustration. That's part of the same old Dolphins theory that some fans still, even to this day, have ingrained. But I think most of those fans are gone now because I think there's a difference. And Clay, maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you do. I I do. Being out there today, I did feel it. You know, the second largest crowd at Hard Rock since 2015. There was an incredible energy. Look, the heat was an unbelievable home field advantage. The Dolphins practiced it every day. The Bills were melting in there. Their fans were melting on that side of the field with the sun. Players as well. It was brutal out there. But I get the sense that there is a true belief, like, this team is good, right? This team is is undefeated. This team has this support and this excitement. We've talked so much about, wow, if the Dolphins can just be good, how this town will be. Well, it's getting to that point. I think part of it is because it doesn't look like a mirage, right? In the previous fast starts for team, there was always a, but, but this offensive line or but they don't have a ground game or you know the quarterback or the defense. I look around this team, and it's not without flaw. This is not a perfect team. You can nitpick at a lot of little things. But I think the additions of Waddle, the addition of Hill to go along with Waddle, mm-hmm. the additions of the running backs, you know, Chase Edmond had two touchdowns on Sunday. You know what? We saw a little bit what Moster could do in that Baltimore game. We see the defense that remained intact that still, even though they gave up a lot of yards and, you know, some big plays, little, you know, they kind of went down the field, little short play, eight player, seven yards, 10 yards, mm-hmm. Allen run. And then all of a sudden, boom, in the red zone, they'd slow down. The Bills were 2 of 4 in the red zone. So I guess my point being, this doesn't seem like a mirage. So fans that are excited, my message to you is this. I'm excited too. Like, this does feel different. To your point, Clay, there's going to be bumps. They're not going to go undefeated. I'm sorry to tell you that. They're Like, the Giants aren't going to win the Super Bowl. The Dolphins aren't going to go undefeated. But there is a real sense that this isn't a mirage because we look at the pieces and I feel like the pieces are legit. Let me add something, peel back the curtain a little bit. Tyreek Hill had... Two catches for 33 yards on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, the impact that he has on this team right now, you you can't measure what he's doing yeah. with the stat sheet. And so, you know, we're in the locker room after the game, and you always, you you never know a person or a player, and, and <clears throat> we still don't. Yeah. Um, but there is a history of, quote-unquote, diva-wide receivers in the NFL, right? Sure I mean, that's... Seem like one, doesn't it? No, and, and this is what I'm getting at, like... For a guy who is ridiculously explosive, I mean, people joke about him wearing the sunglasses in the the post game interview. Like, is it bright in there? Whatever. <laughs> like, and and a guy who is incredibly productive in in his career. That guy in the locker room, he was celebrating with his teammates. And yeah. I'll I'll say this. So like, we did the story on Sunday night, and I it was weird to me that nobody was interviewing uh, 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 Trent Sherfield, the guy who the the punt the ball went off of his rear end. And I'm looking around, I'm like, well, why isn't he in? All right, well, I'll, I'll interview. So I was like, hey, do you mind if we... And and Tyree goes, all right, this is the interview I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's it's a guy who, like, a lot, of, a lot of players who are me first could have a day where they had two catches. And even in a win, 
they'd be ready to just leave. Yeah, there'd this be a little is, pouting going on, or a little bit like, whatever, yeah, we want, okay, great, move and, on. And let me ask some context, really. This was 10 minutes after Tyreek had already gotten done answering all of our questions. Yeah. He was still hanging around the locker room, hanging out with his teammates, like, and I, I again, I don't pretend to know anything about the guy, what I have seen from him as a teammate around his other team yeah, is the energy is great. Despite the fact that his production, especially on Sunday, was not where he would obviously had the great game last weekend. But despite the fact that his production wasn't where like maybe we're used to seeing, he's a guy who is is embracing this role as a leader in the locker room, bringing the energy, and is super excited for his teammates and. Um, that's the type of thing you combine that with the leadership that Teron Armstead is bringing to this team. But who, by the way, what he did to Von Miller on Sunday for a guy who didn't practice all week because of the toe injury, or if he did, it was limited. What he is, what those two guys have brought to this team Mm -hmm. as far as leadership go, um, it's, it's that type of thing in addition to their ability that just takes a team from being the type of team that loses a game where they have a butt punt and a team that finds a way to win. And, By the way, we set, we set the record for most butt mentions uh, with, while we're just talking about and that football. that was not accidental. And that was all about football. Yeah. By the way, uh, we'll put a wrap on the Dolphins talk by this and just tells you the impact of the offense and the way McDaniel and these playmakers have changed things for Tua. You know, the Dolphins, Mark Clayton has the most yards through three games in Dolphins history in three games to start the season, 1986, 411. Second on that list now is Jalen Waddell this season through three games, 342. Third on the list is Tyree Kill this season, with 317. That tells you the impact that these big play guys and how much they've changed. Again, Tua all of a sudden looks like a different quarterback with the confidence. He's got the weapons, a, a, a coach behind them. It's a lot of what we talked about last week. Once again, evident on a day where he didn't need to throw for 300, 400 yards. Yep. Because you know what? The quarterback that did lost the game. Yep. And that's all that matters to the Dolphins is winning and they're 3-0. Take a moment to talk real quick about the Miami Hurricanes, Clay. Uh, and I say real quick because I really don't want to talk much about them as a disappointed <laughs> alum. But no, I... Watching that game Saturday, a couple things came to mind, and I know Hurricanes fans don't want to hear this, and that's you got to be patient. And and I've said it for weeks now, and Mario Cristobal has said it, and then he said it again after that loss in Middle Tennessee. We could separate two things, and this is this is the way it look, I look at it with the Canes. We could separate the fact that the Canes are lacking talent and depth in a lot of areas. They've got uh, running backs down, wide receivers down. They're playing guys that, you know... Only a handful of guys are really, to them, I think, part of their future and impact players. They had the quarterback issue with a new offense. Tyler Van Dyke all of a sudden is looks nothing like the quarterback from last season. I'm okay with saying that I can give Mario Cristobal time and be patient because I think he deserves that time to bring in his guys and be patient. So I don't want to overreact from one ugly loss to Middle Tennessee coming off that ugly game where they didn't score a touchdown against AM. But I will say this, Clay. There's no excuse to lose at home to Middle Tennessee. Nope. From an effort and energy standpoint, the Kings didn't look prepared. And Mario took the blame and he said, "You, I don't throw kids under the bus and players under the bus. That's me. That's my staff. And I get it. I just don't understand why and how this team can be so flat. What do they think they are that at home they lose to Middle Tennessee, give up 45 points, come out flat, admit as much after the game from certain guys. That was surprising. That's the most disappointing part for me. I could deal with, I, listen, I could deal with patience and losses and building and get your guys in. I'm all for that. But there's no excuse for what happened on Saturday. And, and what did we hear from Mario Cristobal over and over again leading up to the, the first game of the season? It's, man, I'm so impressed by how these guys have bought in mm-hmm. and and uh, embraced the challenge that we put in front. Basically saying, we made their offseason really, really hard, and these guys got through it. So it the implication was that 
these were not going to be the same old canes that and it wasn't just all oh, they're they can run fast they're going to be better conditioned and they're yeah. going to lift more and all that it was that the mindset was changing the culture was changing and then they do that yeah I on mean, saturday absolutely laying an egg with effort and that's what stinks yeah I'm and, okay with not making no. plays but effort really and and when you have players openly admitting that no we were flat leading up to the game well no like that's not okay nope. that's no no not after you lost a game to texas a&m and with, last by the way weekend. with a bye week coming up so it's not uh, like you were like oh i mean you're looking ahead to a next man. big game you have a bye week coming up uh, and and uh, normally i the honeymoon period is over. I mean, let's the honeymoon period to me is a coach can do no wrong. Like you're you're willing to let stuff slide. That game, the honeymoon period to me, will was still going on even through the A and M game because it's like, all right, that was a talent team. You had some. You're allowed to have a misstep along the way. You're mm-hmm. allowed to have a, a game where you look at it and say, man, a lot of mistakes. Maybe we were too hyped up. Whatever. The honeymoon for me now is over, and it's going to be interesting to see how does this team respond on the field, but also, well, man, this this recruiting class, it's just verbals at this point, and, yeah. and all these things that we've been talking about where, oh, man, he's, he's taking back the state, and all... If they lose on the field the way yeah, that they lost on Saturday, no. those guys are going to look elsewhere, and they should. They, I mean, you it's, can't you can't you can't recruit no, that way. What are you recruiting? No. At? We didn't we didn't I, play hard. We lost in front of a half-empty stadium oh. to a to a mid-major team. By it gave up forty-five points. So you have to fix this, and you have to fix this quickly so that you regain the momentum that you had in recruiting. And look, this season, too. you can still win the ACC. You're you're not going to the college football playoff. That's not happening anymore. You can still win the ACC. You can still make something still out of the this year. I think at that point, that would be about that. Yeah, that, that goal is on the table. But man, more importantly than anything, whatever you thought you had built relative to a foundation of culture, it ain't there. You don't. Yeah. You can't have a foundation and go out and do that Ma- on Mario Saturday. Looked, by the way, Crystal Ball looked, uh, to your point, Crystal Ball looked like not only did he agree with you, but I, I think he was caught by surprise. And he said very candidly after the game, all the work we put in the offseason, all the positive momentum, you know, I feel like we've regressed. Yeah. And, that, and that's a bad feeling. When you have worked hard and you're in this momentum of – you know, the whole you was back thing is so silly because obviously they're not back and no one ever there ever claimed they were, but they felt they were on the road, right? To get to whatever back is, the you is back, they felt like we're on that road. And my God, did they hit the brakes hard to the point that not only did they stop, but they have regressed and Mario admitted as much. And that's disappointing when you get hired and the excitement of the, the, the hire and then the recruiting that he did right away. And then the off season, the spring and the end of the fall, you got a quarterback who's potentially a first round pick and it comes to a dead stop, and you have to look in the mirror and say, my God, everything we thought we were building was false. Everything we thought we had isn't true. And now you're almost at ground zero trying to say, okay, who's coming with me? Who is Who on this roster really buys in and is coming with me? That's a huge disappointment and, and, and a really tough step for Mario Cristobal. It really is. It's a tough step for him to have to reel that realization that, hey, we're not where I thought we were. Quickly before we ended... It's a decision Crystal Ball's going to have a week and a half or so to decide, but do you think he rolls with Jake Garcia? Would you roll with Jake Garcia, or do you think you got to go back to Tyler and see what he's got? I, it's so hard without being on the inside and and knowing if the signs were coming relative to, to practice and, and if there were... Without looking at the film and without looking at it with the benefit of what a quarterback was supposed to do on a given, mm-hmm. a given series, I can't say that definitively. I will say this. 
it was noticeable how much different they looked with Garcia in the game compared to Tyler Van Dyke. And and to me, if that's a, a team believing in a guy more, if that's just a coincidence, that's what Mario Cristobal is going to have to spend the bye week figuring out because he's going to... But to answer your question, it would not surprise me. I mean, you got to figure out why. You have to yeah. figure out why Tyler Van Dyke has not looked well, like the player. Especially with the ACC schedule coming now. You yeah. have to figure out why he hasn't looked like the player. He will. He went from being the consensus third best quarterback and a first round pick in the 2023 NFL draft heading into this season to now he's unplayable. Yeah, and man, and I, you have to figure out why that's happened I'm, and if you can fix it. Yeah, look, I think the bigger issue with Tyler is he doesn't fit this offense and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, the offense is very slow and deliberate. Uh, it's a very it's not the up-tempo offense he had last year. I don't it just he looks totally uncomfortable. I think it's messed with his mind a little and his confidence. I think he's throwing balls, you know, short, long, off to the side. He just doesn't look comfortable. I think part of it is his lack of comfort in the offense. Cristobal mentioned the scheme, and it's a different scheme, and it's a lot on him, and, and I think that that's accurate. I think you take the next week and a half, and you see how he, he kind of responds mentally. I would be okay with bringing him back and maybe starting and maybe having – I hate I, – I, I almost hate saying this because I, I hate this so much, but I think in this case, you kind of have to do it. I would almost go with co-starters where you have both available. You start one. You maybe even flip them out a series if it doesn't go well. And you just kind of see within the flow of the game in that UNC game, you know, what you have. If Tyler starts hot, he's playing well, great. And maybe in practice he's shown that he's getting this. If he doesn't, you roll with Garcia. I think after a week or two, in the next couple of weeks, they will have to decide who to roll with the rest of the way. But I'm not convinced either guy right now is the guy. This offense, they just look lost. They don't have the weapons that they thought they were going to have. You know, Knighton's been banged up all year. Cheney's out for multiple weeks. Xavier Strepo's out for multiple weeks. I mean... This team just doesn't look very good right now offensively. So they need they need a spark, and I guess it's a good thing they've got the bye because they need it after that week. I mean, you could say they had a bye last week with that. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Miami Sports Pod. Uh, meanwhile, the Dolphins with a short week. We'll be back certainly next week to discuss if the Dolphins can make it 4-0. They had the Cincinnati turnaround game. Tua, how does he come back from his <clears throat> back injury? Back injury. Back injury, and we go from there because the Miami Dolphins right now, the only undefeated team left in the AFC.